What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of DQ with Damani. And this week, I am more, more, more than excited to be able to get you the weekly news regarding these fights. Oh, my goodness. Frank Martin had a crazy fight against Artem. We had our girl Alicia Baumgartner putting in work for her undisputed titles against Leonardo Duel. And she most definitely impressed everyone, especially the Cobra. The hitman, Tommy Hearns. I really think that it's important to remember just how significant these fights in the women's divisions are. I just talked about Franchon Cruz and her match against Savannah Marshall a couple weeks ago, and it's just the exact same with Alicia Baumgartner. And she even had Clarissa Shields in the crowd. I already mentioned Tommy Hearns was there. He was very impressed. There were a couple times during the fight where you could actually see Tommy in the crowd smiling from behind the ropes there were a couple of times where i pointed that out i'm like man tommy is loving this the hitman the cobra he is loving this absolutely loving it because alicia baumgartner she carries so much power in her hands it is a very very entertaining fight whenever she's on screen and she did not disappoint at all she had a very tough dominican in front of her and she took care of business there were a couple of rounds especially the third and fourth round where she seemed to slow down just a little bit i don't believe she lost any rounds you could make the case that she lost one but in my opinion she lost none but she did slow down a little bit so in the future i would like her to be a little bit more active in the middle points of the rounds because she always starts off strong especially in the earlier half of the fights really all of her fights you could see within the first five rounds she is incredibly active but there are some points in time she has the exact same issue as lomachenko when the middle of those rounds comes she gets to slow down take a little bit of a break but when you're fighting someone who is as active as leonardo to it is going to be incredibly difficult to make a strong impression on the judges. They're going to say, okay, well, you came out swinging in the earlier portion of this specific round, but you kind of fell off on the wayside when it came to throwing more punches, staying active and controlling the ring. So in the future, I would really, really, really just like her and Tony Harrison to work on that. Continue to remain active. When you need that breather, dive in for the clinch. And of course, not everybody wants to see it, but if you're gassed out, you gotta hold. Once you defend all this hardware, that, that's a lot to carry. What's next for you? What's next? 135, Katie Taylor, I want you. Chantel Cameron, Amanda Serrano. I will continue to defend my titles at 130 because I can do that. I'm great, I'm getting better. You know, I've always perfected myself. I can, I can always work on something, I'm not perfect. And one thing about me, I'm a student of the game, I'm a listen, I'm gonna keep learning and keep applying. Fantastic, congratulations. I think that there's a lot that needs to be said about Alicia Baumgartner moving forward. She is planning to make a big move up against people such as Katie Taylor, people such as Chantel Cameron. She is going to higher levels of competition and I'm really, really happy for her. So let's talk about the ghost Frank Martin. I know a lot of people are pissed if they bet money on a knockout because that man went the entire stretch with this guy. He was fighting a German with a seriously tough chin and he's gone up against a few different people who we know were quality opposition. 
As for Frank, we know the exact same. He knocked out Michel Rivera. We knew that this was going to be a challenge for him because his opponent was undefeated and had deeper competition in his country. So we know for a fact that we should not expect a knockout. But boxing fans have this weird obsession with knockouts. Oh, if it's not a knockout, it's not important. That's not how boxing works. You can't just discount someone because they took a points victory. And I blame a lot of people who have that notion because they are destroying the sport. It is very, very bad when you have people like that talking trash about Frank Martin saying that, oh, he's unsuccessful. Oh, he's a hype job. The hype train is dead. The hype train didn't die. The hype train is still rolling. We know Frank Martin's got power. The issue is, will that power be able to carry over in the upper echelons of the division? And it did. He broke that man's face. I've never seen a situation where a fighter's face is broken other than maybe Arturo Gatti. And people are praising him. That man got cooked. Cue the AB, man. Somebody cue the Adrian Broner. He got his ass cooked. He got cooked. Adrian, you didn't go down like that, huh? He got cooked. Um, honestly, man, I just didn't, I just didn't target the body enough tonight. You know, I should have been on the body a lot more. You know, it was there, but like my instincts, my reaction time was off tonight. It is what it is. You know what I mean? If, if they got something to say about it, hey, it is what it is. You know, so whenever those fights happen, we'll see what the reactions will be in those fights. You know, so don't. If, if they see flaw in this performance, you know what I mean? The guy was actually tougher than what a lot of people, you know, gave him his props for. Or, or people really were sleeping on the guy, you know? He was Olympian, you know, so, you know, he had, he had a lot of awkward, awkward style, you know, and he had power. The guys, they fighting, they ain't got no power, so I ain't worried about what they talking about. Um, I feel like, I feel like, I don't feel like it was that close. You know, I feel like when I wanted to turn up, I, was, I feel like I was sitting back a little too much, waiting a little too much, you know, so... That was just that. Frank, talk about, uh, we didn't hear it, obviously, we weren't watching the telecast, but I saw on Twitter and stuff, Derek was kind of really on you saying that, you know, I think, I believe at one point he said he thinks you were losing, that he thought you needed a knockout. Just talk about the conversation with Derek. And I feel like once I started seeing those comments on Twitter, I felt like you kind of put your, your foot on the gas a little bit you know, as well. You know, Derek, you know, he just, you know, he big on, you know, not leaving stuff in the judges' hands, you know, so I, I respect it, you know, and I trust that he was saying, so he said I was down, so. You know, he was pressing the issue for me to pick it up, and I needed to get a stoppage, you know, so I was looking for it, and then, you know, that opening didn't present itself, but I did turn up, you know, and uh, press the issue in those, round, those later rounds when I needed to. Um, he was tough, you know, I had to make some adjustments in there. My timing was off a little bit. Um, I made the adjustments. I don't know. I don't know why, but my instincts were off just a little bit tonight. But uh, we got the W, so that's yeah, all that matters. I felt like you didn't let your hands go like you usually do yeah. early on. Yeah. What, what do you think that might have might have been? Just, just, just really trying to figure out the, the shots he was going to throw the most and um, what what I basically like watching out for the big shot, just seeing what shots he was throwing like consistently. You yeah, know, the kinda, looping shots. Yeah. And when you would dip down, he would loop in there too. Yeah. So really, really trying to see what shots he was trying to shoot and, and openings he was trying to get throughout the whole night so I was just uh, really trying to adapt to his awkward style. I think it was the sixth round you had him really hurt mm -hmm. about halfway through. Mm -hmm. I felt like maybe you could have you think you could have maybe went a little harder to try to get him out of there then or were you kind of you know the thing you were looking for? The thing about it when I heard him you know I, I stayed on him for a while I heard him early mm -hmm. so I stayed on him for a while you know um, he was taking a lot of the shots he was covering up, I could have went to the body more instead of head hunting, but I wasn't gonna punch myself out, you know what I mean? And, and, and 
get caught with a shot or anything like that. So, you know, I pressed the issue as soon as I heard him, but I wasn't just finna chase him around just throwing big shots and get caught with a shot, you know? You actually heard him to the body. Was that shot not there again um, during that five and six? It looked like you had to work to the body. Um, honestly, man, I just didn't. I just didn't target the body enough tonight. You know, I should have been on the body a lot. You know, it was there, but like my instincts, my reaction time was off tonight. So as you guys just heard there, Frank Martin was very open, very honest about his performance. And I think a lot of boxers forget that being honest about your performance is the best thing you can do when you have a close fight. A lot of people were going on social media and saying that, oh, Artem was robbed. He did enough to beat Martin when he clearly took the knee. That man took that knee. That man had his face broken, like I told you guys in the last segment. But now we have official recording of Frank Martin coming out and saying, yes, I could have gone to the body more. Yes, I could have stopped headhunting. Yes, yes, yes. He is completely honest and open about his performance, which is a requirement in this sport. You cannot have yes men surrounding you and telling you, oh, you're up, you're up. When you're in a round where you could potentially be losing, you don't want someone like that in your corner, which is also why I believe Derek James is an excellent coach. I think Derek James is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach outside of Eddie Reynoso. Reynoso obviously has his strength. He has his weaknesses, but... Derek James is completely truthful with his fighters when they're in a troubling situation. He went to Frank directly and also posted about it. Yes, I believe Frank might be down. Frank might be losing and I need him to pick up the pace. A lot of coaches will not do that. They'll tell you, oh, stay close behind your punches, up your defense, make sure you're controlling the ring. But they will not tell their fighter to control the output. The measure of output is always going to make a strong impression on the judges, and a lot of people forget that. So I'd really like to talk to you guys about the future of these lower weight classes because Frank Martin's performance was very impressive. But on that exact same night, we had Andy Cruz, our Cuban GOAT, go in there and secure a belt. Well, it, it may not necessarily be a world title, but it is a belt that grants him contendership in the 135 pound division. Now, like I just said, that exact same night that Frank Martin fought, we had Andy Cruz. This is important. And a lot of people do not realize just how important this is. This man spent so many years in the amateurs because of course, as we all know, Cuban boxing is restricted only to the amateur scene. There is only amateurs, amateurs, amateurs. The best you can do in the amateurs in Cuba is get a gold medal. And that's it. There is no such thing as turning pro in Cuba. This man sacrificed potentially years off of his life with his family to be able to come to America and provide for them. And not to mention the fact that he did the exact same thing that Lomachenko did. He came in in his first fight and was revered as an immediate challenger in the division. That man put the division on notice just like Lomachenko did many, many years ago. It feels like it was that long ago, but I, I guess it's because I'm getting a little, <laughs> a little old. But regardless of that, I just want people to show some respect for Andy Cruz and recognize that the division isn't getting any smaller. 130, 135, 140. 147 are the hottest divisions right now. Heavyweight is slacking, and I say it every week. Nobody really cares about the heavyweight division right now. 
all of the action is centered on the lower divisions of men and women's boxing. That is it. And that is a fact whether you want to argue or not. It is facts. People care more about the lower weight guys. I've never seen so much love for Nayoya Inoue. I've never seen so much love for Stephen Fulton, Bam Bam Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards, Chantel Cameron, like I just said earlier. Everybody is locked in in these lower weights because they are providing more meaningful fights. They are fighting higher levels of competition. And we are seeing right now that a lot more people are unifying belts and going on to undispute. It's, it's just truthful. And if you want to deny that, then I have to say, one, if you're a boxer, you're just foolish. And I don't know where you got your license from. And two, if you are a fan of boxing, you're not a real fan. You're a casual. And I throw that word around a lot, but it's only because a lot of casual fans say things like that. A lot of them do. So really, in a roundabout way, I would just really, really like everyone to recognize just how hard these guys in the lower weight classes had to work to get their spots on television, to get the amount of so social media coverage that they have today. Because before, it was all the upper weights. You had guys at super middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight. Those were the premier divisions. Initially, those were the premier divisions. No one really cared about the little guys. No one did. But now we have guys, like I just said, even, even lower than 130. You have guys who are starting to make a serious push for stardom. And it's happening. And I really, really love that for my sport. I am very happy with that. July 25th is undoubtedly the biggest fight in 2023 in boxing with Monster against Cool Boy Steph. I have to do everything I got to do to bring my titles back, defend, and defeat him. Speaking on the lower weight divisions, two guys I just talked about, Naoya Inoue and Stephen Fulton, are supposed to be matched up in 10 days. I would like people to just be reminded of how important this match is. Just got done talking about the lower weight class, guys, and Stephen Fulton has been put in Philly on the map alongside our boy Boots Ennis. And, as I just mentioned, Andy Cruz, who surprisingly has been training with Bozy Ennis. But our man from Philly is going to go over there to Japan and take on the monster. He is going to be in hostile territory, and I believe he needs all the support he can get because a lot of people really forget how difficult it can be for a fighter, whether it's MMA or boxing, to travel for an extended period of time then struggle to get acclimated. Some some guys don't struggle. Like, for instance, Manny Pacquiao, he never had a hard time adjusting to where he was fighting. But some people do. Not saying that Fulton is, but it's foreign territory. And with foreign territory comes foreign fans. With foreign fans comes a lot of hate. And aside from all of the hate that he might face or is already facing now, as I have seen on social media and some guys even going on their boxing media outlets and chatting a whole bunch of garbage, it's just... A, a big task. It is an extremely big task as a black man to go over to a nation such as that, a homogenous nation, and fight arguably their best fighter, maybe even their best fighter of all time. It is extremely difficult to do that. So please show my man Stephen Fulton some love. Cool boy Steph, he needs it. He needs all the support he can get from the black community and the boxing community as a whole. He is a two belt world champion and we want to see him undispute. 
We want to see this man undisputed. It is entirely possible for him to do so, but we just need him to get past the monster. And that is a huge, huge ask because of how this man, Naoya Inoue, boxes. Now, if you know anything about Naoya Inoue, he isn't called the monster for nothing. This man has been on a knockout streak, knockout streak, knockout streak. Regardless of what division he's in, he's been on a knockout streak. He's been collecting belts like Thanos collected the Infinity Stones. And I'm sure that a lot of people think that he's going to snap and evaporate, turn our boy Stephen Fulton into dust. But I do not think that is going to happen because of Stephen Fulton's ability to take a punch. He has a good chin. Do I want him to rely on his chin in this matchup against a devastating puncher like Naoya Inoue, a Japanese puncher with a excellent chin himself? No, absolutely not. When it comes to a fighter who is as tough and powerful as Naoya Inoue, you do not want to rely on your chin. You absolutely never want to rely on your chin, test your chin out, see how long you're going to be able to last, how many punches you can take against a guy like that. That is not a fight where you want to be testing your chin. Absolutely not. And I'm sure his corner and coaches are telling him that. Do not go in there and test your chin against this man. Because he did the same thing against Figueroa. He did. He did. And he beat Figgy. We love that for Stephen Fulton. But at the same time, the step up in competition means that you are going to have to change your tactics. You do not want to stand in the pocket with someone like Naoya Inoue. And I'm sure that he has the specific game plan needed to take rounds off. He may not knock him out, but he may get a unanimous or split decision win based upon just the way he performs on the outside. We do not want to see Stephen Fulton on the inside against this guy. Going to war with a puncher like him is the worst mistake you can make. In other news, and for the last portion of this week's episode, we have two more weeks to go until we see Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. go to war for the 147-pound title. I have spent weeks upon weeks upon episodes upon episodes hyping this fight up even before the contract was signed, and I am so happy that we have finally reached this point of the year. And I'm incredibly pleased to say that we have reached an excellent point in boxing history. We may have a lot of issues with guys not fighting competition that they need to be fighting, Guys who are ducking one another and guys who are holding on to belts, which, you know, they don't necessarily deserve because they've been inactive. I'm not naming any names, but you know who I'm talking about. It's troubling, but it's very reassuring at the same time because we have such a star studded cast of fights. Just from aside this one, we have Lara versus Danny Garcia coming up August 5th in New York City. We have so many fights that are finally being made, and we are very, very pleased here at the DQ with the Money podcast. Now, whether or not you are a fan of Errol Spence, whether or not you are a fan of Terrence Crawford, you have to admit that this is great for boxing. This is amazing for boxing, and I could not be more proud to talk about this fight on my show. Best believe that the next couple of weeks will be doing straight analysis of this fight. All right, everybody, it's about that time. Thank you very much for choosing this podcast for your weekly source of boxing news, lifestyle, and analysis. I am your host, Damani Madir, and I am loving the progress we have made on this show. Thank you all so very much for supporting me, my career, 
this show and all of my endeavors in film and boxing otherwise. Thank you all very much. This summer has been amazing and I am looking forward to continue bringing you the best of the best when it comes to this sport. Thank you very much. Now, I hope you are all looking forward to the fights that I just talked about. We've got Naoya Inoue. We've got Stephen Fulton. We've got Terrence Crawford. We've got Errol Spence Jr. We've got Ereslandi Lara. We've got our boy DSG, Danny Swift Garcia. And if you're into that influencer crossover boxing garbage involving Jake Paul, Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. Not very excited about that one, but it's still a match. It's still official. I'm just not going to be the guy to watch it or even talk about it. I don't think that this is newsworthy at all. A lot of people think it is, but it's just more Jake Paul garbage, man. I didn't even talk about the situation regarding weight and sparring and all of that with him. It's just not worth anybody's time. And anybody who is a legit fighter, anybody who is a legit fan, like I mentioned earlier, not a casual, understands exactly what I mean. So once again, thank you all very much for choosing my show. Please be safe and God bless. I love you all.